everybody. Welcome back to Love Curvy Yoga. We are happy to be here with you as always, um, despite 30 minutes of technical mishaps before we started recording this. <laughs> all, all fun and games That's until somebody can't log in on their computer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay, so we are just going to jump right into the practice notes. Yes. Okay, so my practice notes for the week are if you receive our emails, um, you have already maybe read about this this week, but in one of our emails, I shared about how in one of my first yoga classes, um, my teacher really casually walked past me in the class one day and told me that um, she could tell that I wasn't breathing because my toes were gripping the mat. <laughs> so reliving that story or like like trying to remember the story for the email, I was like, okay, I just need to be more mindful of, I think a couple weeks ago, maybe I shared that I noticed that I wasn't breathing my best. And I, turns out I grip my toes all the time when I'm not breathing. (laughs) Not just on the mat. So I noticed it the other day I was driving. I can't remember like what happened before that, that it wasn't a frustrating situation, but I was thinking a lot about something and my breathing was probably shallow. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm doing it to my toes. Like, this isn't just in like on the mat thing. It makes sense to me now, all these years later, that you would be like trying to hold a pose and like gripping your toes to help you like hold a pose or that makes sense to me, um, even though it didn't make sense right. at the time. But now I'm like, oh, it's just something that I do all of the time. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm just going to be more mindful of all of the time what's going on. <laughs> Like if I'm doing something, if I'm gripping my toes or if there's some other tense place in my body, um, just to pay attention to what that means for my breathing, what that means about my attitude in that moment, um, all of that stuff. It's so interesting how like one thing will just show up in other places in your body. I know. And I was just thinking how helpful this example is because sometimes we don't notice things like the breath. But if there's this other indicator of yes. your toes, yeah. you might then be like, oh, wait, hang on. What else is going on here? Totally. Yep. I feel like I'm kind of that way with my jaw. Yes. Like when I notice my jaw is tight, I'm like, oh, and then I'm also not breathing. And then also my shoulders are hunched up to my ears and like yeah. all this other stuff is happening. The, the jaw is definitely something that I notice. In that teacher, obviously, that particular teacher that I had, her name was Mary. Um, she obviously paid attention to people's feet. I don't know that I pay attention to people's feet that much, but I definitely pay attention to people's mm. faces and poses. And I think that yeah. gripping that I do with my feet shows up in people's jaws all the time. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. I could hear the recommendation to relax your jaw like, 500 times a day and it would not be too many <laughs> yes yeah that's good to just pay attention to where what one thing means for the rest of your body yeah definitely that's actually nick's job during uh labor and birth i love it is to say relax, relax your job, your job. <laughs> it's so good that's so good you know i'm gonna be gripping my jaw like a lot that is so funny yeah yeah Um, my practice note is kind of related. It's really, I've been noticing 
tools that I've built up over time, like this noticing of my jaw or just little tips and tricks, things that help me stretch out a certain part of my body, Yeah. nothing profound, but coming from feeling like I had no tools to take care of myself or very few, yeah. um, it's nice to kind of look back and remember, oh yeah, this whole toolbox has been built over time that I can draw on. And yeah. I think for a while, the toolbox concept didn't really resonate with me because I never felt like I could remember yeah. <laughs> what was in my toolbox if I even had one. Um, and I feel like it's kind of like the more that you use it, the yeah. more that you remember it over time. Yeah, that's good. And and just, I'm just kind of seeing that. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, it just becomes eventually, I mean, sometimes you have to remind yourself, but it becomes a part of just what you naturally do. Right. Yeah. So you're just kind of like, oh yeah, this is how I respond. It feels natural. Yes. Yeah. But then you, you remember, oh yeah, this did not always used to be natural to me yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Okay. So we are going to transition now to our next segment, which is an interview with Elizabeth Pletcher. Yeah. And we had so much fun in this interview, didn't we? It was really great to hear from Elizabeth. It was nice. So she has a lot of great things to share about yoga practice, body acceptance, teaching. I think you're all really going to love this conversation. And we are so grateful to Elizabeth for joining us. Hi, everybody. We are here with Elizabeth Pletcher. And Elizabeth is based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I was thinking back to your yoga teacher training group this morning, Elizabeth, and realized that it's been four years since you graduated. It is. I know. It's hard to believe in some ways. And in other ways, it seems like I've been doing this forever. I know. You've been teaching so much. It feels like I'm sure twice that at least. (laughs) (laughs) So Elizabeth is passionate about making yoga accessible to folks who might not mirror the stereotypical yoga image. Her style of teaching is based in guiding students to move in ways that work in their own unique bodies, giving permission to do your own thing, both on and off of the mat. And she is a devoted mom to two grown daughters and an ardent social justice advocate. So welcome, Elizabeth. We're so excited to have you. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Liz. Yeah, thank you. So I know we were talking about this before we started recording that you have been teaching a lot the past few years. So let's start there with how that has affected your personal practice and your relationship with yoga. Um, Yeah, go ahead. Oh, my goodness. Well, I think the thing you acknowledge that it's been four years since I've been doing this. And when I went off to Nashville for yoga teacher training, I really didn't know what I was getting into. But I did it at a time in my life when there was a lot of transition happening. I was ending a 25 year long relationship. My children were moving away to college. And I was at a place where I got to figure out what the next part of my life was going to look like. Milestone days are great for that. And so I started teaching yoga a few classes a week. And over the past four years, it's grown to the fact that this is my full-time job. I teach 
between 25 and 30 classes a week and lead workshops and help out with teacher trainings. And the reality of that means that my personal practice actually has suffered because yeah. I'm tired, honestly. Yeah. But in a way, teaching has become my way of being present in the moment because mm -hmm. to be an authentic teacher, I have to be there in the moment for my students. And I get to speak into the things that I love about yoga and do this work for a living, which is a phenomenal gift. Yeah. yeah. Well, it sounds like it's just really infused into all parts of your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's amazing. So what has surprised you most, um, maybe particularly since becoming a yoga teacher, about working with and kind of the evolution of your own body acceptance? You know, I have, because I say these words over and over and over again, I begin <laughs> my classes with, with Anna's meditation around may I greet my body with gentleness mm, yeah. and some days I say that five six seven times it really has helped me come to a place of understanding that right now where I'm at is exactly where I need to be yeah. and it's such a gift because uh, it took me over 40 years to actually mm. find that acceptance and to embrace you know the goodness that I have in and around me <laughs> and yeah. And some days my body doesn't work as smoothly as I would like. Part of the gift of being 50 means that things hurt in different ways after a full day of teaching. And, yeah. and so it's a new level of acceptance about what I can and can't do and acknowledge that my body continues to change both in ways that feel good and in ways that are challenging. Yeah, I love that. I think... Um... That is also the gift of being 36. It's the same. Um, <laughs> but you hear it a little more loudly at 50. I was <laughs> I'll, check, I'll check back with you in 14 years. <laughs> but I think that's so good. I've been just kind of in a similar place of accepting just the different seasons of life that your body goes through and that our bodies are constantly changing um, and constantly telling us different things and being aware and listening to that. I really love that. Well, and I'm curious how your students, if you notice them kind of interacting with that meditation or the ways that you're making space for them to be with their bodies, same as this has been happening for you. You know, because I teach such a variety of different students, I think some of them it really resonates with. Some people I think find it unexpected. Mm. I don't solely teach curvy branded classes. Right. I would love if that were the reality. But what I started to realize is that every style class I teach is informed by my training, That's my right. training. And so I consider all of my classes are curvy conscientious. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that just like for our own personal journey, every one of my students receive it in a different way. Sometimes it resonates. Sometimes it's surprising. Sometimes it might bring them to tears. Other times they're probably making a grocery list in their head to be perfect. <laughs> yes. Aren't we all? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think you touched on this a little bit through the lens of your teaching, but maybe looking at it through the rest of your life. What does your real life yoga and or body acceptance practice look like these days? You know, it looks like a lot of meditation, mm. honestly. 
It mm-hmm. is spending a lot of time in stillness. And mm-hmm. part of that is because of the physical way I move my body for my job. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but I am finding that more still, more restorative, more yin as I get the opportunity, it really lets me sit with where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And I'm also investigating other ways that I can use self-care outside of yoga in terms of other modalities, including massage. And that's a vulnerable place to step yeah. into where, you know, you're literally dropping your clothes on the floor and someone is feeling your body. and. Yeah. And um, that was a bit of a journey to come to that acceptance that that's some of the self-care that I need. Another way that I've really stretched and expanded is that in order to do this job full time, I did add another modality and I teach reformer Pilates, Mm. which was a big leap of faith for me. My friend Julie invited me to try reformer Pilates because she heard my teaching style with curvy yoga and saw a need in the community to bring that into the Pilates world, which has the same stereotypes and expectations about what it should, I'm making air quotes, look like to (laughs) practice. Pilates on a reformer and I was just as resistant to that as I was to yoga the first time Mm. for all the same reasons and what I realized is that that Pilates is another opportunity to connect breath and movement in a different way for people who might not be ready to step on to the yoga mat and um, and so I've really started to incorporate the things that I learned from you Anna in in teaching to students how to move on the reformer and breathe in other ways, not breathe in other ways, but to move in other ways and feel supported and trust their bodies Mm -hmm. to be able to do these things that we may have had self-doubt around. And my own personal Pilates practice has informed that a ton. I actually occasionally am mortified when I hear myself say I'm a fitness professional because I never actually thought that, that would be the umbrella <laughs> you know I don't see myself that way but that's actually the work that I'm doing and that is a gift that I was given through curvy yoga well, I want to take that class. I'm coming to Minneapolis tomorrow. <laughs> we'll talk after the podcast. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I love it. Well, and I feel like the yoga and Pilates complement each other so much as practices. Totally. They do. And Pilates doesn't have what I consider the hippy-dippy goodness of yoga. Uh-huh. But I sort of, I subtly bring it in in my messaging. And, and I kind of think of it <laughs> a gateway, you know, <laughs> Make that connection. Right. <laughs> sort of my evil plan is to get everybody onto a yoga mat. I love it. Well, it That's makes great. sense that your students there are connecting with you, and then they might develop an interest in that. That's that. That is one of my hopes in it. And however people start to connect their breath and their movement, and start to come to that place of trust and acceptance and self love. You know, I don't care if it's Pilates. I don't care if it's Tai Chi. I don't care if it's yoga. Um, I just want it to be a safe space so that people can start to learn those things that might not be intuitive to us. Yeah. That's great. So in yoga, sometimes we throw around phrases that can seem obscure or just are hard to kind of comprehend, especially for people who are new to the practice. Yes. And so one of those 
things would be the idea of living your yoga, yoga off the mat, those kind of phrases that we use. Um, what does that look like for you? What does yoga off the mat look like for you? Well, I think that um, probably the biggest way I live into that is how I am able to pause and breathe and be thoughtful in my response. I, you can't tell because this is a podcast, but I'm a redhead and, and the things, the stereotypical things that come with being a redhead, you know, loud, reactionary, you know, hot tempered uh, personality was one that I embraced and grew into. And I've really actually been able to sit back and pause and breathe and be present and, and, and try and take every moment as a gift. I mentioned yeah. that I ended a 25 year long relationship at the time I was going through yoga teacher training. And it, well, it might sound like I'm okay with that now because I am, it took yeah. a lot of work to say, all right, everything that I knew is changing and shifting. And yeah. I need to figure out a new path. That was not one that I thought I was going to be on. Yeah. And I have said that if it weren't for yoga, I don't know where I would be. Yeah. I don't think it would be in nearly as healthy of a space. And That's so true. yoga has given me the gift to pause and to breathe yeah. and to, you know, not start by yelling. It doesn't mean that I don't ever yell. It doesn't mean that I don't get impassioned about yeah. things, but it gives me a little more space to be thoughtful in how I respond. And I think that that, if you, if you would have told me 10 years ago that any of these things would be my reality, I would have laughed. Yeah. Laughed. <laughs> yeah. That, that takes the okay. experience of learning and living it to really understand it. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I totally get that. And I think that's why when you're first kind of coming to yoga and you hear things like that, you cannot comprehend what it means. <laughs> Oh, I use the phrase in class all the time. This probably sounds like yoga bullshit to you. Yes. <laughs> also, I swear when I teach, I occasionally <laughs> will say things like that. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This, this all resonates with me so deeply because I took my first yoga class the year I ended a 12 year relationship. And so it was a very, it's a very similar it was a similar unfolding for me. So I, I love all of that. I, I, it resonates with me deeply. Well, I'm curious how you, it kind of sounds like you're using yoga, I think as happens for many of us in such an integrated way throughout your life. And you talked about your kind of changes and how you think about the idea of the practice of yoga. And I'm, I'm wondering if at any point in your yoga journey, you ever ran into any of these challenges that you might see with your students too, people feeling like they're not practicing enough or they're not practicing in the right way. And if that's something that you ever encountered in your own practice, I'm wondering how you feel about that now. And if, yeah. it, didn't, if it didn't bother you, then why we want your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> well, so here's the thing. It does bother me. I mean, when I look at my calendar, I carve out chunks of time when I'm not teaching and I look at what classes I could possibly go to. And quite frankly, nine times out of 10, the lure of watching Netflix and folding clothes wins out because mm -hmm. I can justify the folding clothes because I need to wear clothes. I live in Minnesota. Right. It's cold here. Right. And, um, and, and so 
it is it is often difficult for me to step out of that space and into a class, even though the teachers are teachers I love and I know how I'll feel when I leave. And so I always try and remind students that it doesn't matter if you're practicing yoga in five minute bursts at home by doing neck rolls or shoulder shrugs or, you know, a couple sun salutations or if you are coming to class five days a week or if you're gone for six months and come back, yoga is always there for you in in those big life-changing moments and in those small day-to-day moments and every place in between. And I think it's important to give yourself permission to say, right now, I actually need to fold my clothes. Yeah, <laughs> So right. But it is hard. It is, it is definitely hard because I know that I'm actually a better teacher when I go to classes because that inspires me as well. So mm-hmm. I sit in that same space that I think oftentimes students do about, you know, wanting to have more bandwidth to do all the things. Right. Well, and really discerning what is serving you at any given moment. Sometimes that's folding clothes. Sometimes that's going to class. Yeah. Exactly. And I think you talked about that a little bit earlier when you were talking about your meditation practice and how that helps you to kind of balance out all of the physical stuff that you're doing with asana. I feel like that alone is such a big yoga practice because it's about, well, in the yoga sutras, there's cultivating the opposite. So if you're doing a lot of one thing, you do a little of another thing to kind of balance out. Right. Um, But it really is about that. Yeah, I'm just coming back to that discernment of what do I really need? Right. And for me, I find that stillness gives me space to, you know, come back home to myself and really, you know, step off of my mat after meditating and back into the world with a little bit more, you know, grace for myself and for others. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. You know, sometimes it's five minutes and sometimes it's 30 minutes and sometimes I fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Which you're is giving out what so, my body needs. <laughs> yeah. You're giving out so much with all the teaching that you're doing. You need that time just for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Permission granted. <laughs> That's great. My daughters actually sometimes will, if they're home from college, say, mom's, mom's off napitating. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. That's great. That's so good. So what advice would you have for people who are maybe thinking about trying yoga for the first time or people who are maybe just exploring the idea of body acceptance? Maybe it's new to them or people who are kind of seasoned vets in all of this and are feeling a little bit stuck? I would say just try, try, try to go to as many different classes as possible. Yeah. I am not everyone's teacher. I physically can't be. I can't teach more and more places than I already am. Um, But I know that there probably is a teacher out there for everyone. So my first experience was less than positive, which is Mm. what sent me on the path to find curvy yoga and and yet the feeling that I took away from my very first classes was this is something I want to look for and find and at least in Minneapolis there are 
a host of teachers who teach curvy yoga, yoga for larger bodies. There are teachers who don't teach a particularly branded class, but have that same heart and intention that they bring to their class. And so I would say, ask people, make phone calls. I love it when somebody calls me and says, I'm looking for a class. Is this the class for me? Because then we can have a conversation. It does take work and it is an element of putting yourself out there to do something new. So there's a vulnerability that comes with that. But I think the gifts of yoga so far outweigh the moments of uncertainty. If you have space in your life to allow for that to happen, that I think just go to classes wherever they might be. One of the reasons I I teach different places, like I teach on occasion at a brewery, is that some people don't ever see themselves coming into a yoga studio. But when I say yoga and beer, you know, all of a sudden that sounds like, wow, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's one of my favorite places to teach, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, it it doesn't have to be a traditional yoga studio. And I also know that there are online resources that, you know, if it's practicing while following a video online, just to start to hear the words and get the feel for it. But for me, because I'm a huge extrovert, the community of being in class really Mm -hmm. is just the part that's so motivating. And I want to encourage people to give their self permission to just try something new and see, see what it feels like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. I love all of it. Well, and I, I think it's so important what you said that sometimes your first time or your first few times, you might not find the right teacher, but the yeah. beauty of how many teachers there are these days is that I'm, I'm with you. I think it is possible to find that teacher. Sometimes it just takes a minute. Yeah. I, I compare it a little bit to online dating, which you know, <laughs> I'm eternally optimistic. <laughs> I'm, I'm oftentimes a little bit disappointed. <laughs> But I'm very, very hopeful. And yes. That's part of the journey, just saying, okay, let's let's see what's going to happen. It's an hour out of my life. Right. Yeah. yeah, and then you can just swipe to the left. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's a perfect analogy. It really is. <laughs> I used to say it's kind of like finding somebody to cut your hair, but I think that's better. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I definitely, well, I do love my stylist. So I, I, I can say that, that I swiped right on her a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you have so many amazing things going on with your teaching. So why don't you fill us in? What should people know about? Okay. So, well, I teach a ton of classes throughout the Twin Cities. Um, <laughs> And I teach private sessions as well, both in South Minneapolis and in, in a suburb called Arden Hills at Balance for Life Fitness Center. And um, one of the things that is happening that has just grown over the past year is I've developed a monthly gathering. And that's the best word that I have for it. It's not a workshop. It's, it's, it's kind of an event. But it's an opportunity for people to come together once a month and, and have a couple of hours For those people who teach, you understand that we finish a class and then everybody stands around by the door chatting. And that chat Mm. might be about 
the yoga pants somebody's wearing, or it might be about something bigger that's happening in the world, or, or different pose modifications. And so I developed this monthly gathering called Body Love, where we get together for two hours and we have community and conversation around yoga topics and body positivity. And then we move and we breathe together and we end with meditation. And so Body Love happens once a month at Yes Yoga in South Minneapolis. I also am starting to work on leading workshops in, in the broader Minnesota area at a studio called Yoga One in Alexandria to give tools to people who might not have a resource of a curvy yoga teacher in their community. So a space where teachers can learn some tools that they might take into their classes or students can take with them wherever they go. So that, and then I'm also really working with Juliet Balance for Life to develop this idea of creating a safe space that looks like curvy Pilates where we are making it a safe space with body positive language about living and breathing in the body that you're in right now using the tool of uh, Pilates reformer and so that's some of the stuff that's keeping me busy in addition to <laughs> my regularly scheduled classes <laughs> that's amazing it's amazing and it is a great, great job to get to do. I will say I'm honored to get to do this work. And where can people find you? Website, social media? Yep. So I am at curvyyogampls.com, Curvy Yoga Minneapolis. And I am on Facebook, Curvy Yoga Minneapolis, and on Instagram, Curvy Yogi. Minneapolis, I think. Um, I will tell you my Instagram feed is a lot of pictures of kittens and beer in addition to yoga. <laughs> I love it. I feel like that's going to attract a lot of people. So <laughs> There's a lot of gateways. That's right. A lot of gateways. Here. A highlight of my, of my career to date was I was asked to teach a class at a brewery for an organization that does uh, – rescue kittens and oh. so we had a dozen kittens with 25 people doing yoga and drinking beer oh <laughs> my gosh i thought what a gift that i get to be able to combine all of my favorite things <laughs> in one space. amazing you're like i'm available to do this every week <laughs> oh i totally would except i did come home with another kitten so that <laughs> <would be> <laughs> It would be hard not to. Oh my gosh, that's fun. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth. It was great to talk with you. And I, we're, we will obviously be sharing all of your links so that people can connect and find you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Awesome. Okay, so we are back with Curvy Collab. And if you haven't picked up on my subtle hints already. I'm really just here to try to overhaul your social media feed. <laughs> so <laughs> I wanted to share with you today someone who I thought would be awesome for you to follow. She is a fellow curvy yoga teacher and we actually went through YTT together and I adored her from the minute that she opened her mouth. And she is a, yeah, it's true. Like the first sentence she said, I laughed so hard and was like, I'm going to love this woman. Um, but she's a nutrition therapist. She's an eating disorder recovery coach. She teaches yoga. Her neighbor is Deborah Benfield. So she's 
her Instagram name is a little bit hard to um, remember, but it's DL Benfield RDN. So we'll have that in the notes so that you can follow her on Instagram. But occasionally I'll catch something that she says and it pops up in my feed and I'm just like, oh, this is so beautiful. She had a post probably like early December maybe about just aging and how thankful she is for the aging process. And I don't know, she's just a light and I adore her and you should probably follow her. So we'll make sure that you have the link so that you can do that. Yeah, that's such a good one. She shares so much great yoga, body acceptance, health at every size stuff. So if that's up your alley, which I imagine it is, since that's also what we share, (laughs) (laughs) she's a good one to check out. She really is. Okay, so we're going to move into our gratitude for the week. Liz, what is yours? So I had a conversation this morning with a friend who is going through just a transitionary period. And um, I just got thinking about some transitions that I've had in my life that in the moment can seem just overwhelming and heavy and sometimes sad and a little bit full of grief. And I think in retrospect, I can look back and see how those things that felt and looked like loss were actually making space for something better. And so I'm just really thankful that things happen in our life. Um, even if in the moment it can seem hard, um, but that things happen to make space for better things and things that are more life-giving and more joyful. Um, so yeah, I'm just really, after having that conversation with her, I'm just really thankful this morning for those things. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Um, mine is we had our first curvy life, which is our 10 month program that we're doing this year that kind of culminates in an in-person retreat, our first live class last week. And it was so fun. Yes, it was. It really was a blast. It was so nice to like see everybody's faces and hear them talk about why they were there. It really, it was a good time. Yeah, so we're really excited to be continuing the journey with everybody there. And then we have a live class for the studio this week. Yeah. Um, so we're recording this before it happens, but by the time you listen, it will have happened. Yes. Um, and that's also great. We do a live yoga practice together, um, which when I first started doing that, I kind of felt like, you know, this will be great, but I don't know how together we'll all feel. But honestly... By the end of class, it always feels like we've been practicing together in the same room. It's so sweet. Yeah, it really is. So I'm grateful to um, technology for allowing that to happen, but mostly for everybody who is participating. Yeah. And then relatedly, doing it, co-teaching it with you is so great. It was fun. I'm like, oh, we get to go back and forth. It's not just me. This is wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) It really was a good time. Yeah, living that collaborative life. It's pretty nice. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's so funny. Well, we're going to take a collaborative breath together to close. (laughs) (laughs) So we will inhale. And exhale. 
The light in me honors the light in you. Namaste. Namaste.